Alton is known for many things, but one of its most popular claims to fame, especially in the month of October, is that it is known as one of the most haunted small towns in America. But why is it so haunted? And who exactly is haunting it? Grab a cup of hot cider, a blanket, and curl up on the couch and join me as I explore some of these haunted stories and places, along with those who know them best. That is, if you dare. I'm Stephanie. Welcome to All Town USA. Before we get into why Alton is known for being so haunted, I think it's important to note the impact that this has on our local economy. I sat down with Corey Job, president and CEO of Great Rivers and Routes Tourism Bureau. He told me what he loves about Alton. I love the the architecture. Um, you know, I love the cool vibe of downtown Alton, especially along Broadway and the riverfront. I love the the 33-mile stretch of the region, right, of the meetings of the Great River Road, which is a national scenic byway, and all the opportunities that exist. You know, we're hosting a lot of uh, travelers from around the world. You know, it's kind of a unique area because our area is the only place in North America where Route 66 and the iconic Great River Road meet. It really does help that we're situated right on the, the Great River Road and, and fall and the changing of the colors. It's really our Super Bowl. I then asked him about the haunted aspect of Alton and its impact on tourism in the area. Alton has uh, been known as one of the most haunted small towns in North America. It's been featured on many shows um, on very popular channels, whether uh, you believe some of them or not, but there has been a lot of exposure. And so now we have several different companies that provide haunted tours. Um, and it, it's very popular uh, in the month of October and in early November. They're sold out every October and early November. And you can tell, I mean, you can see the presence on the street, not the ghosts by any means, but the people. I think a lot of times us as locals don't realize that we're really a true tourism destination. And we really are. I mean, we have we have different tours. We offer a an underground railroad tour history. We offer eagle tours in the in the winter months, um, and now we have our haunted tours that are open and available. I would say 100% of our economy is tourism based along the Great River Road. A lot of local people don't believe that. He went on to talk about why tourism is so important. Um, but for a small community on the mighty Mississippi, we have a lot of history. And so, uh, you know, that's one reason people come here, right? Um, and so, you know, again, it's, um, you know, finding ways to continue to bring people here. I said, I always say everything starts with a visit. We have, that, we have it on our office wall here. Um, and, and it's true. You just never know who that individual is going to be. They may be looking to retire. They may be a young couple looking to start a business. Um, and so, you know, it all does start with a visit and how we can help celebrate that and promote that is important. And, and Alton's history is, is noteworthy. And, um, and people do come here to experience that. Yes. So my name is Caleb Lewis. Next is one individual who is no stranger to people coming to Alton to learn about its history and hauntings. Meet Caleb Lewis. He's a local entrepreneur and I met him at his store, Moondrops, a wellness shop located downtown. His mom started the tour company Haunted Alton Odyssey over 25 years ago. Caleb and his fiance recently purchased the company and have some big plans in the future. We 
have some things in the work for year-round tours coming next spring so we are actually going to focus on the history side year-round as well as the haunted side and all kinds of new innovative ideas. I asked Caleb why Alton is considered to be so haunted. You know there's quite a few reasonings. I mean there's a lot of energy in the water that passes by with the Mississippi River being such a long stretch. Um, Also the limestone bluffs are key factor because a lot of the foundations of the buildings that we're in were built on top of limestone. Uh, That is known to really hold in energy. So um, there's a few factors and I think us being an old historic town I wanted to know, from his perspective, why people are so interested in ghosts and hauntings. Yeah, I think it's the, in my opinion, it's kind of the memory of something, you know, that could stay with you after life. So I think that energy really plays a factor kind of in your day-to-day life. So I think it's kind of something that people get excited about, the experience I think we've all came into situations where uh, the hair on our arms will stand up or we'll get that like cold chill that comes through us and just kind of takes your breath away. And uh, I guess it's the same excitement you get out of a roller coaster ride and and things that kind of are more intriguing for your sensories. Um, And also, I think a lot of people come in it very skeptical. And I think they're trying to figure out what the hype is about, which plays into our favor. Uh, We don't make any promises on, you know, you're going to have this, you know, mind-altering experience where you'll see ghosts every stop. Um, We kind of leave it to the energy that they'll feel. Um, And also, I think that with the tours being set in the locations that they're set in, um, I think that we're having, uh, you know, something that he normally would not have access to. Like, for instance, the building across the street, the Grand Theater. So just going in there and seeing the walls and seeing what it used to be really does it for me. So then the haunted is just a a huge bonus for everybody because the haunted side of things can bring that excitement, that energy, that unknown feeling. Um, But the history is so deep in our roots that uh, we provide, you know, a solid foundation for the tour. The Grand Theater is currently closed, awaiting construction. He then took me inside Uh, the Grand. In the future, but there's some... uh, there's a lot of potential here. Upon first entering, it feels cold, damp, and forgotten. But then you start to notice the small things, like the hand-painted stencils on the walls. And then you can begin to imagine the life that existed inside this now shell of a building. The orchestra that played in the still-existing orchestra pit along to silent movies. And the packed house that had lined up around the block to be able to see the debut of the Beatles film, Hard Day's Night. When they were building this, they took so many bricks that my mom had heard the story that the bricks were still hot from Alton Brick Company when they were putting them together to make the walls. So the bricks were in such a high demand for this location that they were actually making the bricks, bringing them straight here, and then them being put on the walls. So yeah, a lot of history that's incorporated in the the building. You know, I do feel like there's a lot of energy. I think locations like this that were high traffic, you think that this might have been somebody's favorite place to go as a child or or as an adult. And as they have passed, maybe when they carried on, they wanted to come back here to have that experience. So um, I do find, although the building is empty right now, there's a tremendous amount of energy in it. 
I asked Caleb how many of the people on his tours are from out of town. Uh, I'd say statistically 80% of our clientele comes from outside of Alton, which is kind of our main goal to attract people to the area. So uh, so I think that, uh, you know, having people leave with these, you know, positive experiences when traveling to our town, um, you know, it, it's, it's really something that that's, uh, makes it all worthwhile. Next, I venture to the Mineral Springs Mall, once a hotel, located downtown on Broadway. I had visited this building and its shops on several occasions, had heard stories of its hauntings, but didn't know much about its history. So I contacted David Nunnally, who, along with his wife Donna, owns its reigning zen, which is located in the building. I sat down with David in his and Donna's office, located just off what was the lobby of the hotel. I asked him what made him and Donna want to set up their shop there. When we were looking for a place to live, we fell in love with the, the Riverbend area. And uh, we, we moved my wife's business, It's Raining Zen, to, uh, to Alton. And uh, one day in 2015, a year after we'd been here, I had always been fascinated by this building. And I dropped by. He explained the owner of the building just happened to be in that day. And after talking for a bit... And on a handshake agreement, um, we have become the de facto sort of mayor uh, and mayoress of the Mineral Springs Hotel. And it's just been fantastic. We just picked up on the energy of this place when we walked in. There are so many stories. It's kind of like... I don't want to... I don't want to make it campy like a Disney movie. But just, just imagine you know, the 1920s, and men in tuxedos and ladies in gowns, and they're coming from the ballroom, and they're in the lobby and smoking cigarettes in those long holders and sipping cocktails or whatever. There's just this mystique and this romance about this building, and you feel it when you walk in here. He's not wrong. There is a certain mystique about the building that draws you in. The hotel opened in 1914, four years after a natural spring was discovered underground where the hotel now sits. These natural springs, like many back in that time, were believed to have healing powers. Water from the spring was pumped into an indoor pool located below the lobby and was also bottled and shipped around the country. The hotel was a staple in Alton during its heyday and attracted tourists from all around. The hotel officially closed in 1971. David told me that he and Donna were cautioned before moving their business to the hotel. So when we decided to make our home here in Alton and move the business into the Middle Springs Hotel, um, people in the community warned us. You know, some of those warnings were about the economics of being in downtown Alton and, and, and sort of the economics of this building, that no business has ever succeeded. But there were a couple of people that said, in that building is cursed and you do not want to be there. The spirits of that building will get a hold of you, especially a metaphysical new age rock crystal shop. And you are just asking for trouble. Uh, but we came in and we made a commitment to this building and to the spirits that live here, uh, that stay here, that choose to stay here, that we would take care of it and we would honor them. We would tell their stories accurately and truthfully, and we wouldn't embellish, um, and we would take care of them, and we would keep things as much as we could for them. And the only thing we asked in return was to be kind. Be kind to our guests, be kind to our customers, and be kind to us, and, and treat us with the same respect that we treat them. And it's worked. And I don't know that anyone else has tried that here, but it worked. I asked David if he has always believed in spirits and ghosts and the paranormal, and I asked him what he calls it, or them. 
Well, I, I, I don't know what you call it either, and I do this for a living. I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I think people that do this um, want to package it in a way that's understandable for folk. And, and when you do that, you, you package it, you, 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 you define it with words, and you, you kind of make it narrow, and, 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 and it's anything but that. Um, the question you asked is, had I always believed in it? Yeah. And, and how do I describe it? I don't. I don't know how to describe it. He then made a really interesting, important, and helpful distinction between two types of hauntings, folklore and historic. Historic hauntings are things that are tied to history, facts that we can reach out and touch, newspaper articles, death certificates, in some cases divorces. There's history there, and it's, it's real, and we know it to be factual. Those are fun. Those are easy hauntings. Folklore hauntings are much harder because folklore hauntings are kind of, how do you feel? What do you think? And there's no history to back it up. There's no fact. He then went on to mention some of the most well-known historic hauntings at the Mineral Springs Hotel. Pearl, um, the, the wonderful, sweet, kind lady who unfortunately committed suicide in the hotel room over my store, that is a historic haunting. Lou Harwood, who shot himself in the hotel bar, historic haunting. Clarence Blair, who drowned in the pool, historic haunting. That happened. Ah, uh, yes, the pool. The creepy, haunted, deserted pool was the first thing I'd ever heard about the Mineral Springs Hotel. It's infamous and one of the most desired stops on any haunted Alton tour. I also met with Lynn Adams, a local history guide, who took me down to the pool one dark and stormy night. Okay, it wasn't stormy, but it was at night. To get to the pool, we had to first walk through a large, mostly empty room, where Lynn told me he felt something. I do not like this at all. Somebody back here. Something back here. And I'm not the only one that feels like that. Not that it's bad and it's going to get us, but... We then entered the large room which houses the pool. Cement floors, walls, and pillars create an eerie echo, and I can immediately taste and smell the stench of stale sulfur. The pool was much bigger than I expected. This is the uh, famous swimming pool that everybody hears about. This is a couple levels under, under the uh, street. Well, a couple levels down. And uh, they used to pump the water, this famous magical mineral water, right into this pool unfiltered. It actually was the largest indoor pool in the state of Illinois for some time. There's another pool that people don't know about. It's the next, it's underneath this one. It was a men's only pool where the men would swim naked. Uh, but there is a, a, a gentleman who did drown here. Uh, around uh, 1918, a uh, guy from Granite City, Clarence Blair. I've had my luck up here talking to Clarence. I think he just wants, just wants somebody to talk to. You know, he has so much life still to live and then boom, it's just gone. But we, uh, this is what we do too, we'll just stop and listen. But, uh, this, to me, this is the heart of this place. This is... Uh, Why do you say that? Things, I, I don't, it's just a feeling. 
because they pump the water directly here. This is where so much activity was. They have a, a fine dining thing, string quartets down here. But this, I mean, this is like ground zero. Again, nothing really bad here for me uh, down here. It's just, uh, this is where I feel the most energy. And it's just, again, this, this is the heartbeat right here. I then asked Len why he thinks Alton is so haunted, and his answer was very similar to Caleb's. We think Alton is the perfect storm for a haunting, for all this energy. Uh, the waterways, you have the river, the underground water system, it seems to act as a conduit, a pathway for this energy to go. All the limestone that this town is built on top of, it has a high quartz content. Soaks up the energy like a sponge, holds on to it, and then in the right instances, it just releases all releases that energy. And now back to David. I asked him what sort of folklore hauntings are associated with the Mineral Springs Hotel. Folklore hauntings? The Jasmine Lady. It's a folklore haunting. I mean, there's no proof that there ever was a woman named Mary, also known as the Jasmine Lady or the Lady in Green, who haunts the staircase just outside of the room that we're recording this in. I could talk about Cassie, the little girl, Cassandra. He goes on to explain why Cassie's spirit might still haunt the hotel. Cassie, Cassandra, is a little girl who probably came here and had the time of her life. I don't doubt Cassie is a ghost, a spirit that haunts the pool. She does. I've had experiences with her. I want to think that, I want to believe, that she lived to be 90 years old. And when she passed away, and she wasn't ready to cross over to whatever her reward was, is, she went to that place that made her feel more alive than any other place in the world. Maybe for Cassie, coming to the largest indoor swimming pool in Illinois in the 1920s, and walking in there and seeing candles floating and the five chandeliers that hung and people in fancy evening. The same reason that I fell in love with the building when I walked in the door, the visions, except she actually saw them. Maybe to her, she never felt more alive than that moment she dove into the pool. Maybe this is where she was happiest. And so this is where she chose to come. He then told me about his first haunted experience at the hotel. In this building? Yeah, it was Cassie, actually, the little girl. We were moving into the store. Actually, it was. It, there were two things that were uh, synchronous. I, I don't believe in coincidences. They happened at the exact same time. So we had about a dozen varieties of incense. Um, shameless plug, we have over 300 now. Um, and in the dozen that we had, we had jasmine-scented incense. And um, I had them in a chest right by the front door. And the, the, as we were setting the shop up, um, a box of jasmine incense disappeared. And I found it in the lobby of the hotel. I don't know, 60, 70, 80 feet away from the front of the, the, the store. No one was here that night but my wife and I. So unless someone come in, you know, came into the building, and no one lived here at the time, unless someone came in and picked it up and threw it, or I suppose... To debunk it, you would have to say maybe, you know, vermin, a mouse, a rat. I mean, it is an old building. You know, picked up the box and ran with it and dropped it. But the problem was there were no teeth marks or anything on it. It was perfectly fine. Uh, I found it. The same day, uh, uh, 
we used to have, uh, we still do these little pink dyed agate stones. Cassie's known to enjoy playing with toys, particularly marbles. We believe she had this fascination with these dyed pink agates because we kept finding them everywhere, including like my tool chest, places that I didn't put them. And we found a C, the letter C, drawn in dust on the wood floor um, by, you know, it wasn't like a hand, it was like one finger. Um, yeah. I don't want to lose this. At this point in our interview, I had to cut them off to swap out some batteries. I put in a brand new pair, but they immediately drained. It was definitely odd. David was kind enough to grab me another pair. He continued his story. And in the floor in the dust, the letter C, written, it was as clear as it could be. And I, you know, I have no explanation for that. You know, things happen all the time here. I mean, you know, we just had an experience, or not, with you. You had brand new batteries that did not work. I take people on investigations around the building, tours. Um, they bring all kinds of very fancy, you know, very expensive battery-powered ghost hunting gadgets, and invariably things fail. They don't work. And now last, but certainly not least, I'm going to introduce you to the McPike Mansion. I drive by this mansion a lot, and I've always admired its beautiful architecture. And I've enjoyed seeing its slow but steady exterior renovations throughout the years. Again, I'd heard it was haunted and knew it was a popular tour stop, but I never knew anything about the history of the house or those who lived in it. So I emailed Sharon Ludke, who, along with her husband George, owns the mansion. She graciously invited me over to the house for an interview. It turns out the house is filled with stories of historic hauntings. Sharon and I sat inside the foyer of the mansion. First, she told me she purchased the house at an auction back in 1994. And so when they lowered the bid to 25000 I started raising my hand, and we won the bid at 42000 I didn't know. I mean, it wasn't like I intended to live in it. It wasn't like that. Um, I just always liked old houses. I didn't have any specific intention at that particular point. I think I just wanted to save the house. It has been on the historic register since uh, 1980, actually, and it's actually the it's actually registered as Mount Lookout because it used to be called Mount Lookout Park because uh, when Henry owned it, because this is one of the higher elevations of Alton. I asked Sharon if she knew it was haunted when she bought it. No, I didn't know it was haunted when I bought it. And so um, I used to actually come in the house and say uh, out loud like this, listen, you guys, um, if you want this house fixed up, you better not scare me because if you scare me, I'm out of here. So um, I'm sure they laugh and we all laugh about it now. But um, they are good spirits, and they love people, and they like people to come to their house. And, and of course, it's Henry's house, and I'm sure he's very proud of it and would like to see it back to way, the way it was. I asked her to tell me about her first experience with a spirit in the house. Um, so actually, the first thing that happened to me was um, I tripped on some boards and bricks in this room, and I felt a tug on the warm of my on the side of my warm-up jacket. So I'm sure they were just trying to keep me from falling, actually. You know, and then about seven or eight weeks after we bought the house and 
I came up here to water some plants and feed the birds and um, I got a major chill walking through these two trees between the two trees and I looked up and I saw a man in the window and I went am I really seeing this she then told me the history of the mansion's namesake Henry McPike so Henry McPike came here in 1847 with his parents John Mountain and Lydia Guest McPike so Henry lived here from about 1869 took two to three years to be built and then Henry died in 1910 so he lived here you know approximately 40 years Um, so yeah he lived here a long time Henry McPike was extremely well known and respected around Alton and he even served as Alton mayor for a short time He was also responsible for bringing the Lincoln-Douglas debate to Alton, and it is said that he was in the room with Lincoln when he learned he had won the presidency. He also had an interest in horticulture and developed the McPike grape, which was sold throughout the U.S. She told me she and others have done vast amounts of research on the McPike family and that she appreciates learning and sharing that history and, in turn, recognizes that she and her husband will forever now be part of the McPike mansion story. You don't really understand the spirits unless you know the history either. I've always felt like I was a facilitator for the house. You know, that it really wasn't my house, that it was like part of Alton's history. It's Henry's house, you know, and so I'm just here to kind of like facilitate getting it fixed up and to the best of my ability. And and I guess I will be part of his history, you know, George and I, um, someday. I then asked Sharon about her tours. She said last year, even when they were limiting numbers due to COVID, she estimated they still had about four to 500 visitors during the month of October. Her tours include a brief history of the house and then a 30 or so minute darkroom session below the house in the cellar. She then walked me around the outside of the house and took me down into the cellar. So yeah, these are the like, which we do close the doors actually when we do our darkroom sessions. And they kind of like, they don't lock anymore because of the rust and everything, but we do close them. And uh, and you can see how well built, how well built this is. So we come down here and we do a darkroom session down here. And. Um, we have all these chairs. Um, we do show people how to use the dowsing rods. And so we have them, you know, I cross for yes and open for no. So yeah, we just sit in the dark and, and see what we experience. And like sometimes you smell different things. Sometimes you, some people get touched. Um, sometimes you might see a ball of light or a mist or something like that. Um, I think it's more subtle things. Uh, Henry tends to be darker than the dark. And so different spirits kind of hang out in different places. You know, so different I asked Sharon what her hope is for the McPike Mansion. I do hope that it remains open to the public, um, that it will be a place that people want to come because of the history, because of the architecture, not just because of the ghosts. Um, it's very fascinating. And again, it does have a a very important part of Alton's history. She kindly offered for me to be her guest some evening at one of the darkroom sessions. I gratefully accepted. So on a Saturday night in early October, I grabbed my recording gear and my best friend Megan for both technical and moral support. 
and we ventured to the McPike Mansion, not quite sure what was in store for us. Okay, so I am here at the McPike Mansion. I'm here with my best friend Megan because I needed some support tonight. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Do you believe in ghosts, Megan? Absolutely. You think we're going to see some tonight? Yeah, I'm excited. What are your first impressions of the house? Um, I've admired this house for years, just driving by it. And uh, I've always wanted to go in. And I've kind of always hoped to like see something in the window. So, I don't know, there's a lot of windows. Mm-hmm. A lot of darkness behind those windows. I'm very curious what's back there. <laughs> it's a beautiful house. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. So fantastic. I'm glad you guys are here. After a quick check-in, we were offered free tarot card readings. <laughs> this is saying a battle. It's not always a physical battle. You have to fight with your mind. Okay, but it does say that you will win the battle that you're either dealing with now or one that's getting ready to come up. All right. Okay. While waiting for the tour to begin, we introduced ourselves to some of our fellow ghost hunters and asked them why they were here and what they hoped to experience. Alden's one of the most haunted towns in the Midwest. Midwest. That's why we're here. We want to see a ghost. (laughs) Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was it? You worded it perfectly at the restaurant. I don't, if if they haven't disproved it or proved it, I believe that anything is possible. Why not? There's so many other weirder things in this world than ghosts. We don't actually know fully what this is. Um, We just came down here to do it. And I was saying, I kind of hope it's educational. Like, I'd like to learn more about this house in particular, all that. I was telling them I'll probably be, like, admiring the house more than anything because I love big old houses. You know, I'm curious about ghosts. I watch a lot of shows. I don't go actually go ghost hunting. But, you know, places like this, I like to come just to learn, not not just because of the ghost, because of the history of the houses. I love history. So, you know, we kind of started doing that, you know, here lately in the what, last few years. years. We kind of been going to different places, wherever we can. But it's just like, we came one time, well, a few weeks ago, we came during the day, we just kind of walked around. We took a picture of the front door. And when I looked at the picture, you could see like if someone's standing there, I still have the picture. You could see like, like almost like the face. But it was, you know, I've known this about this place for a long time. And finally I told my husband, I said, let's go just check it out. Let's just go see things, you know, let's try, you know, we've been to several places. Yeah. We've been like to all, the one in Mineral Springs. We did a couple of tours there. It's not, like I said, it's not just for the ghosts. She gets spooked or scared. We just love the history behind yeah. the houses, behind the, you know, back then, you know. Uh, we do, we try to do spooky things, um, with it being especially October, but we do them throughout the year. We actually just did Mineral Springs um, last night, and then we're at McPike today just to see what it's about. Um, I had my first experience in Chattanooga, and so I had stuff move and a door open and close, and then ever since then I've wanted to experience it again. So I've just been coming back and finding new things. I like so. anything scary. <laughs> Anything scary, spooky, something you can't explain. Always been into that. Yeah, I, I love the history of it. Like just the history of the buildings and the history of the people. And, you know, I love the architecture of all the different buildings. It's, it's really cool. The tour began with a brief but thorough history of Henry McPike and the mansion. And they told us what to expect once we got to the cellar. 
Then we got instructions on how to use our dowsing rods, which, if you don't know, are rods used to receive yes or no answers from spirit. That is true. I am, I am set, trying to help set your expectations in the cellar. When you get into the cellar, you will choose a place to sit. Uh, there's a great big circle. Every place isn't, it, there is no bad places to sit down there. Uh, you will look around down there that there are no windows. There are no, there should be no breezes down there. So if you do feel a breeze, it could possibly be a spirit. Once we get down there and get settled, we ask that everyone turns off their cell phones or their um, watches, uh, try to hide uh, any kind of light. That way, if somebody does happen to see something, uh, that it's really truly what you see and not projected by somebody else. Has anybody used dowsing rods before? So when you hold the dowsing rods, you don't want to hold them too tight because you want them to be fairly loose. That way they uh, can use whatever energy that they have to uh, move them. Then they took us all into the cellar, which I will admit is a much different experience at night than it is during the day. Once we had taken our seats, they closed the giant metal doors. So before I turn the lights out, I'm going to invite the spirits to join us in sight and smell and taste and touch as long as it's not harmful. And then the lights go out and it is dark, very dark. And for a while, the darkness is joined by stillness. I would like those of you with dowsing rods to ask if Mary has arrived. Mary was the first and true love of Henry. And yes, it is dark, but you can feel the metal to metal when they cross. While our dowsing rods remained still, a few people's answered with a yes. I got a yes. Yes. But Henry is walking around the cellar. I am not going to tell you where he is. It takes all the fun out of it when he pops his face in front of your face. He likes to do that. He's really been doing that a lot this year. So if it gets, it gets really dark in front of you and you almost see a face in front of your face, that is Henry. Make sure you say hi. And then, after about 15 minutes, someone sees something. Whoa. Somebody's seeing something over here. Yeah. So what's going on up here in this front corner? Yeah, so over here... Yeah, there were lights like in to my right in my neighbor's lap. Okay. And then my neighbor to the left saw it first. Okay. Um, but there's no phone or anything? No. no. It's off. It's off? Okay. Yeah, wow. And then, completely out of the blue, I see something. And so does Megan. Yeah. Somebody have a light over there? Over where? By the door? No. I see it too. I do not. I'm by the it's door. It's like a watch. Are you or serious? Something. No watch, no phone. Yeah, I see a little light. I'm by the door. To the left side. Yeah, it'd be like right where you are. Seriously? Seriously, yeah. I'm in a row. I think it's in the center row. Yeah, I was see- I'm seeing it in the it's row. It's not moving. all the way over to the okay. wall. Oh, it's in the center. Is somebody sitting here? I was going to say it's light. I didn't think there was. Well, if not, there's like right in front of you, Stephanie. Yeah. A few others see it as well. Is it like a 
a small, steady light, not shaking or bouncing around, just sitting in front of us. It lasted for a minute or so until the lights came back on. Once we got back to my house, Megan and I reflected briefly on what we encountered. So there were three of us, maybe four, who saw it. It was like probably two or three feet in front of us. At least that's our guess, because again, the depth of perception mm-hmm. in complete darkness is really difficult. Um, we've been trying to like come up with like a human reason for why this thing would exist, but we just everything we talk about just doesn't make sense because. You know, we talk about like light reflecting off of somebody's wedding ring or something like that, but there was no light. Mm-mm. There's absolutely zero light in the space. So like, there's no way. There's, yeah, there's just no way. We can't explain it. It was something. <sighs> yeah. I wish the spirits would have told me what it was. As Megan says, There might be an easy explanation for what we saw and experienced. But as she also said, we personally weren't able to come up with one. So did we experience something paranormal? Maybe. Is there a human explanation that we didn't think of? Possibly. But either way, it left us extremely curious. But isn't that what we're always left when confronting the unknown? And maybe, just maybe, that's good enough. Once again, here's David. So these things that occurred and these things that continue to occur, life and death, leave marks. That's why places like the Mineral Springs Hotel, schools, churches, places where people find salvation or get married or say a final goodbye to someone. That's why they're so haunted because those things leave scars, really deep emotional scars. And this hotel was a part of that for so long. So yeah, the hauntings continue here. And, and you know, new stories develop and new spirits show up and, and some come and some go. Town USA is written, edited, and produced by me, Stephanie Young. Theme music by Will and Janet Buchanan, arranged and performed for this episode by Miles Moore. Special thanks to Len Adams, Corey Job, Caleb Lewis, Sharon Ludke, and David Nonnelly. If you're interested in signing up for any of these tours, visit the websites for Haunted Alton Odyssey, the McPike Mansion, and its Raining Zen. And for a list of more websites and tours, visit greatriversandroutes.com. Links can also be found on our website, alltownusa.org.